Welcome to season four of the Rise Podcast with Brandon Garland. Welcome to 2019. I hope the first 15 or 16 days of the year have been good for you. I don't know if you came off of a year that you were sad to see end or if 2018 was long and there was a lot of tears and a lot of pain and a lot of frustration and a lot of unfulfilled expectations. But whether 2018 was a blessing or a battle, I'm believing that your 2019 is going to be a year of breakthrough and blessing. And I don't say that in a cliche general sense. I really believe God is going to do some things in 2019 that you've been praying for for a long time. I got to have the blessing of much of 2018, the end of 2018 being a reaping season for me, where things that I'd been praying for for years uh, and things that people had been praying for me for years got fulfilled. And so I'm believing that, that your year is going to be marked by that, that if it was a good year, that God's going to exceed that this year. And that if it was a struggle that God is going to succeed past that and really work wondrous things, I believe that you'll get double for your trouble in 2019. That whatever it was in 2018 that held you back, that Satan tried to work against you, God's going to work it for you. And really do want to focus in today uh, in the very first episode on something that I think is very important as we enter into this year. And that's the idea of protecting your testimony, protecting your testimony. Why is that important? Because Revelation says that we overcome with two specific strategies, and that's by the blood of the lamb. That's Jesus Christ. That's his sacrifice on the cross. That's what he did in dying for us and shedding his blood that we might be forgiven. And the word of our testimony, that's the God stories of situations that make no sense on our own, in our own strength, with our own strategies, but that God, through his grace, works situations. Maybe it's your salvation. You used to be dead in your sins. Now you're alive. Maybe it's a story where you ask someone if you could pray for them and God really did a work in their life. Maybe it's a sermon or a talk or a worship set that you led and people's lives were really transformed by God. Whatever it is, there's stories that cannot be explained by anything other than the reality of God in your life. And it's the word of your testimony, the God stories of your life, and the blood of the lamb, the gospel of Jesus. Those are the ways that you overcome. Now it says in the Bible that the enemy came to steal, kill, and destroy. Now his first and overall goal is to destroy your soul. He wants you to spend eternity and this life apart from God, So he wants to steal and destroy your soul. But if you love Jesus, your soul is safe and secure. So if you love him, he'll move all of his resources from attacking your soul because he knows that it's secure to trying to take your testimony because he wants to take from you anything that can be used by you to point beyond you to Jesus. And he has two main strategies. And we find them in Genesis 3. So let me read you a couple verses from Genesis 3 and I'll show you his strategies. It says in the Bible that we're to be aware of the wiles of the devil. Wiles are schemes and plans to, to hurt us and thwart us. So we need to be aware of the wiles of the devil. And it says in Genesis 3 that the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, did God really say you must not eat from any tree of the garden? The woman said to the serpent, we may eat fruit from the trees, but God did say you must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden and you must not touch it or you will die. 
You will not certainly die, the serpent said, for God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good from evil. Now, when the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye, also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it. Then the eyes of both of them were opened and realizing that they're naked, they sewed together fig leaves and made coverings for themselves. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And they hid from the Lord amongst the trees of the garden. Now, I think within that passage, we see the two greatest schemes that the enemy will try to work in our lives to take our testimony. The first is temptation. Temptation. He approaches the woman, asks her a question. She makes the mistake of engaging the devil in conversation. Never engage the devil. We are seated with Christ in heavenly places. So to engage in conversation with the enemy is to engage in someone who is beneath you. And when you engage with someone who is beneath you, you give him the opportunity to pull you down to his level. She should have never engaged in the conversation, but she did. And the enemy offered her the temptation of disobeying God. Now, when Jesus was hit with temptation, what did he do? He quoted scripture. He knew God's word and he gave the word to the devil. The problem with Eve in this situation is that she didn't know God's word because she says that God said, that you are not to eat from the tree and you must not touch it or you will die. God never said not to touch it. And because she didn't know what God's word said, she couldn't use it to fight against the wiles of Satan. And when he brings temptation, what he's trying to do is get you to throw away your testimony. Now, I don't like to talk about how negative and bad and horrible and awful our culture is. That's not the type of preacher that I want to be. But There are so many temptations in our culture. You can hardly open up Instagram and go to the popular Discover Explore page without seeing someone who's hardly wearing clothing or without seeing someone who makes you feel like your life isn't barely worth living or an advertisement on television that makes you so materialistic that you can hardly find contentment in your life because you clearly need to have that new thing or this sort of a vacation or whatever it is. There's so many temptations, even in the most basic avenues of social media and television. And there's these, there's these traps. That's all a temptation is. It's a trap. And it's a trap that seeks to tear away your testimony. And so Satan will tempt you. And notice that when Eve and Adam both fell, what happened is that they fell. And the second thing, his second strategy Firstly, temptation, but secondly, humiliation, because they fell after the temptation and then humiliation caused them to hide from God. And here's the thing. Satan would rather see you commit adultery or embezzle money or get so angry at your friend that it gets a video taken of you and it gets posted on YouTube and he'd rather take your testimony through sin or tempt you to settle for a life that's so easy and basic and Christiany and churchy and safe that it doesn't take any faith. He'd rather do all those things than kill you in a car wreck because you dying in a car wreck does nothing to your testimony. That's why he doesn't send bullets from an AK-47 out of hell. He sends temptations. He's not after killing you. He's after your testimony. I will say he cannot kill you because those who are secure in God's hand are safe from the wiles of the enemy. And even those who aren't in God's hand, God is the one who appoints a time to die, not the enemy. But my 
I think you understand my point is, he's not just after your life, he's after your story. He's after your testimony. And the secret that he uses, twofold. He uses the secret that God doesn't want you to have freedom. And so the temptation says that whatever he's offering you, it's worth disobeying God because God clearly doesn't want you to have fun and have enjoyment and have passion and have purpose on this earth. Otherwise, he'd let you have sex outside of marriage. He'd let you have this money that isn't yours, but you, you clearly deserve to have it. He'd, he'd, he'd be okay with you going outside of his will because clearly God doesn't want you to be happy. So just do this thing and it'll make you happy. And God must not want you to be happy or he'd let you do this thing. So he lies to you with the temptation. And then once you fall, he lies to you by saying, God doesn't want you anymore. You're dirty. You're unclean. You better hide. Be humiliated for what you've done. But the truth of the matter is that even what Satan wants to use to take your testimony, if you put it in God's hands, can actually strengthen your testimony. I said that the immorality and sin and settling and doubt and faithlessness and hopelessness that Satan tries to cover up and bury so deep under shame and humiliation, if you'll give that to God, he can redeem it and use it as part of your story that points to him because in your weakness, people can see that whatever whatever's happening in your life cannot be explained by your greatness. It only makes sense if God is doing it. And even what Satan tries to use to tempt you and take your testimony, if you'll choose not to let it get buried under shame, if you'll choose not to hide it under humiliation, but you'll put it in God's hand, then even the failures and the temptations that you struggle with and give into can be used as a part of your testimony. Because if a testimony is a God story of him doing something that you couldn't do on your own, what's more of a God story? than a struggle you couldn't overcome, than a mistake that you made, but God's still choosing to use you. God's still choosing to bless you. God's still using, choosing to anoint you. Those can only be explained by His grace. And if the point of your testimony is to point beyond yourself to Him, then even the times when the devil gets you to fall to a temptation, that can't take your testimony. It actually serves to strengthen you. If you feel comfortable, lift your hands, sing it out. Here I am.